0: Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Here's Pastor Ryan.
1: First Chronicles chapter 29. As you know, King David is uh, about to uh, pass on and go be with the Lord. And uh, he's lived a long and full life. As you can imagine, we've read about him. He's ruled over Israel God's people for 40 years and here he is at the end of his life as you know uh, it was in his heart to build God a house a a resting place for the Ark of the Covenant because before it was in a tent and he wanted God to have a, a beautiful temple as he had a beautiful palace himself and felt that it wasn't right and you know the story God said you know not not you David for you're a man of war and you have shed blood but God was so blessed at the sentiment that he promised him an everlasting kingdom and he was speaking of uh, the Messiah Jesus Christ who one day would come from his lineage and so David is was overwhelmed and and So in love with God and wanting to, if he can't build it, then he's going to prepare, make all the preparations unto the Lord and prepare his son, King Solomon, who God said would build the temple to prepare him to be able to do it correctly. And so God had chosen Solomon and said in the last chapter, Solomon, thy son, he shall build my house and my courts. For I have chosen him to be my son and I will be his father. Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever uh, if he is consistent to do my commandments and my judgments as at this day. And so God promised that. Uh, he was going to bless King Solomon, but that King Solomon had to honor his word as it is that, that day. And David would instruct his son in the last chapter on, on the plans for the temple, but also um, you know, to live a godly life before the Lord. He instructed his son to uh, uh, know the God of your fathers. Know him. Know who he is. Speaks of having a relationship with God. Know who the God of your father is and serve him with a perfect heart. Right and so for those of you who think Pastor Ryan or Sweet Hills is always talking about serving the reason why I do is because throughout the Bible God calls his people to serve him and so Solomon is to is to know God and to serve him with a perfect heart that that, that is a heart that is uh seeking nothing more than to honor God first and with a willing mind so it's the heart it's the mind and he says for the Lord searches all the hearts and understands all the imaginations of the thoughts if thou seek him he will be found of thee but if thou forsake him he will cast thee off forever and so David was basically telling his son that the success of your kingdom, the success of your life is directly related to your relationship with God. And so it is the same with us. We are promised by Jesus Christ an abundant life as we follow him by faith every single day, as we deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him daily, Jesus promises us a life and that much more abundantly. Yes, there's trials, yes there's problems, but he sees us through them. He shepherds us and the success of our of our of our faith, of our walk with God all depends on our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the same as with Solomon. If he was to honor God's word, serve him, things would go well for him. And if we honor God's word and serve the Lord Jesus and abide in him, we will produce fruit, blessings will come. That is a, that's just a fact. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so verse one of 29. Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, my son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The King James Says young and tender. I like that. He's young and tender, or he's young and inexperienced. And the work is great because the temple is not for man, uh, but for the Lord. And so David is here, as you recall, in front of the great assembly. He has called the military leaders, the captains of thousands and hundreds, and tens, he's called uh, the chief of the of the fathers. I mean, all the leaders have been called to Jerusalem in order for David to uh, present his son as the new king, but also so that the instructions would be viewed by all of them as he gave as he gives them to his son. And what he says to them is something that they all know, right? He's young. Solomon is young, and so he's not telling them something that they don't know. He's young, he's tender, he's inexperienced, but it's so wise that he says this to them. You know, basically, as to say, I know what you're thinking. I know that he is young and inexperienced, but God has chosen him. And that's a big but. He's young and inexperienced, but God has chosen him, which changes everything. We can be young, we can be inexperienced, we can be not good looking, we can be not good uh, talkers or, or good, good speech, like me, apparently. <laughs> but, you know, God has chosen the, the weak things of the world, the foolish things, right? The things that are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that are. And so he's saying to them, yes, he's young and inexperienced, he's tender, but God has chosen him above all other people. It is Solomon that God chose. In the previous chapter, as David was instructing Solomon on on, uh, on how to build the temple and the courtyards and this and that or the other, he says that these are the instructions that God's hand showed me, that it was by the Spirit that David was able to you know, blueprint the temple and, and put it all together for his son. It was God. But first it was David who who we're told that it was in his heart to do God a blessing, to bless God with a temple. But and and, and and he wasn't able to do it. But what he was able to do, God blessed and God actually guided him and showed him how to how to make up plans, how to be an architect how to be a, you know, like a project manager. It was the Lord, it was the Spirit. And here he's saying to the assembly, my son, I know he's young and inexperienced, he's tender, but God chose him. And you see, when God chooses us, which he's chosen all of you, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you've, you, you were chosen and predestined, we believe. And he who chose you and called you to serve him, he'll give us what it takes in order to uh, be able to do the work that he calls us to do. And I think there may be people afraid today to really get involved in ministry. Like they're they're trying to warm up to the idea of it. Maybe they think that they're going to fail or not be good at it. You know, we, we walk by faith, not by sight. We step out of the boat trusting that Jesus is going to somehow allow us to walk on water. And so God, whatever he calls you to do, he will enable you. He will, as you seek him every day, give you the wisdom, the understanding beyond your years. As he did David, and David acknowledged it was the hand of God that showed me how to prepare so well. It was the hand of God that showed me how to had a plan to build this building. It was a a spirit. And this is why, you know, I heard Jack Hibbs say one time that seminary school is unbiblical. Wow, what? Pin drop. And not to knock all seminary schools, but the idea behind the that it's unbiblical. It's because we're we're to raise up leaders from within the congregation in the house of the Lord. As we see people doing the work of the ministry, oh my gosh, there goes a deacon. There goes a, a pastor. There goes a, you know, whatever. Because we, it's within the family of Christ where we recognize and see from within, biblically, that's what we're told. Nowhere do you read that they go to a school because they feel like being in the ministry and then they get a certificate at the end of it and they become pastors and teachers and deacons. It's, it, it's just, it's right. It's not biblical. I think the closest you have is a school of the prophets in <laughs> the Old Testament. But I mean, they are, to, they are to be born from within. This is why there's so much problems with seminaries where they're not even teaching on the rapture or, or other, th- you, know, you know, essential things that I think are essential. I think that my own life and the life of many others is an example of what God can do through a man, through a woman, that is set on loving God. He can use you and give you the knowledge that you need. And don't let anybody say, you know, what school did you go to or try to put you down or criticize you because you, you know, whatever. I've just been hanging out with Jesus for 22 years. And look at the fruit. It's pretty cool. It's a miracle. I know that he's tender, I know that he's inexperienced. But God chose him. So if God chose him, and guess who ends up being like the wisest guy ever? This kid. There was no like king school that everyone had to warm up to before he became king. It was like when it was time and God said it is time. And in our chapter, it is time for Solomon. And that's why he's speaking to the congregation like recognize. He says the work is great. This is not some small task. This is not some insignificant trifle thing. This is not, a, and the King James says, it's not a man's palace that we're talking about. It's a great work because it's, it's building God's temple. This is a, 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 a spiritual feat of, you know, words can describe how hard that could be spiritually. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. This isn't, uh, you know, a game we're playing Christianity. It's a real spiritual war. The temple, I mean building the house is hard enough, but to build the temple of the Lord, David's saying it's a great work. It's 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 gonna be hard for him, so the assembly better get behind him and know that God has called him. Get behind the work. It's a huge spiritual undertaking of great importance. Be easy on Solomon, you can Probably see the love in David as a father's his heart. Be easy on my son. Support him because the work is great. I am shocked at the lack of reverence people have for the things of God within the church. I don't condemn. In our flesh we judge on appearance. In the spirit, we know better. Samuel the prophet judged David's brothers to be the next king of Israel. And God says, Man, I don't judge like man does. I, I look at you look at the outside, I look at the heart. And so it's like I get it, but you know, it, it's amazing how. People have come into our church throughout the years, you know, just kind of sizing things up. And and I get that. We're human. We want to see if things are done right and well and in order in a church. You want to know that the the pastor and the leaders are spirit filled, you know, and and doing things right. And I, I get all that. There's that. That's good. It's the other stuff. It's the. I've seen, and I don't think that I should give this that much honor because it doesn't seem to be something that I would you know think is a a work of God you know can these dry bones live yes and look at Sweet Hills now look at what God has done and it's so odd and beautiful to the world it's like wow how what they should because it's grace unmerited unfavor I mean unmerited totally favored but unmerited favor from God that you can't be that guy exactly it can't be those people exactly to the world where an enigma where we're weird we're awkward well how did that happen and we tell them about God's grace but within the body you even see like you know where people don't give the honor and the respect you know, I love having a young pa- assistant pastor because, you know, you get to see how people respect them or don't. Hey, Timothy, don't let them despise your youth. In the early days, it was worse. It's, he gets a lot of respect and honor. But it's true. In Romans 13, verse 7, does not Paul say, give honor to whom honor is due? And we should honor one another. I should honor you, you should honor me. We need to love each other and honor each other, esteem each other highly, the Bible says, to honor, give honor to whom honor is due. You know, he may be young and tender, but don't think he, he he's naive, right? And the thing about Solomon is, as he was walking with the God, with the God, as he was walking with the Lord, no one can get over on him. He was just too wise. And that is the case for you and for me when we seek the Lord's wisdom, right? It's like no one can get over than and he makes us smarter than our enemies. But anyways, I, you know, this is not a work of man. Like Sweet Hills is not a work of man. Amen. It is a work of God. It is a work of God. It's not trifle. It's not small. It's not, it's something that should be honored and respected because Jesus has done it. God is chosen. He is young and inexperienced. And the work is great because the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might gold for things to be made of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, iron for things of iron, wood for things of wood, Stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones and marble slabs in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affections on the house of my God, I have um, given. Uh, to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver, 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses, the gold for the things of gold and the silver for the things of silver and for all kinds of work to be done by the hands of craftsmen. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? And so here, David just, uh, you know, tells the assembly how his heart was, was you know, that he, he, he prepared, you know, with all of his might, the preparations to build the house, like the temple of the Lord. Like with his heart, he really, with all, Everything, all of the might that he had in his old age, he gave it all for the preparation. And then he says, moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own proper good, the King James says, of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. David is saying, i prepared my heart, I've given it with all of my might. I have affection for God's heart, or for God's house, and thus I've given out of my own treasure. And so this is what David is saying. He's saying, man, I I set my heart right towards God's house. Like I have affection for the house, but why, why such a great affection for God's house? It's because David had a great affection for God himself. We see David's love coming through towards God. You know, I've done this with all of my might. I've set my, I, I've set my affection on the house of the Lord. And, and so the question needs to be asked for us. Is that something that we should perhaps have? Should we have an affection for God's house? Some would say no, right? Which they say today, like, a church is just a building. The church is the people, They're right to a certain extent. Amen to that. You're right. The church is the people. But when Jesus gives you a church like he did to Sweet Hills, there's gratitude. There's thanksgiving. There's acknowledgement that it's a miracle. There's an acknowledgement that during COVID we got a building. There's an acknowledgment that we have very little money and we got a building. There's an acknowledgment that our kids have six classrooms. There's an acknowledgment that there's a kitchen and a dining area and offices and a dirt lot to mess with. And, and you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the people, but also, he also blesses his bride with the covering, with the veil. So, yeah, I think we should have an affection. And I know that you do. I asked the guys, how many people serve at our church? They, just, they couldn't get it to me on time for tonight, but that's a lot, and I'm grateful for them all. It's a lot of people who serve and show their affection. Their heart has been set to be affectionate towards his house, to see it as not is more than just a man's house it's not a man's house we just read it's it's a great work because it's not a man's palace it's the house of the lord and one person cannot take care of this place amen you know your house my house there's enough for us to take care of and we have to take care of our own stuff right your front yard your backyard whatever you have it's enough for you and your family to deal with it's your dwelling place. This. Look how big this sanctuary is. I don't think anyone in this room has a house this big to vacuum. Or yards like this, or all of, all of the grounds. It just, God, God is just saying to us tonight this isn't a man's house, this is the Lord's house. Set your affection on it. Rejoice, sweet hills, because he's giving you a miracle. Churches have closed and are never gonna reopen because of what we went through the last two years. We have friends who have churches in America that are in storefronts, that are at schools, that you know you and and you know, they have to write a checkout to you know, a school or to a, a leaser and as we did. But now we don't, we just to the bank. That's what God has done for you. So our affection to, should continue to be on this place. That we should show, you know, love towards it. And, and thank you, Jesus, for every pew, for the, everything that's here. And don't be ashamed of it. Don't let anybody say, oh, but it's just a building. Yeah, those, That's coming from the mouth of people who have never been given a church building by God. We were given it by the Lord just like we thank him for our bread we thank him for this place and he tests the heart to see how we take care of this place in haggai chapter 1 verse 4 through 6 lord spoke to the prophet is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your panelled houses and this temple to be in ruins now therefore thus says the lord of hosts consider your ways You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You you clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes.
0: Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 830 a.m and at 10.30 a.m., or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicholas Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills. You're my...